following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Picking winners. Uh, we are the hottest sports betting podcast in the country. Smalls. We're not really a sports betting podcast. This is, this is more for fun, but it is pretty amazing. Uh, last couple of weeks, but Smalls. November first, Halloween was last night. It's early. How are you this morning? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, I, I arrived just for audience notes. I arrived a little bit late. Uh, we typically tape, tape this at 7 a.m. Eastern time, and I'm typically about eight minutes late every time, and I hit that right on the dot today. So I'm doing great. Uh, you said greatest betting podcast in, in the world. That's At least that's, in the last month. That's, at least that's, in the last month. That's true. You know, it's just like any kind of, uh, you know, coffee shop saying we got the greatest cup of coffee in the world. We can say whatever we want, and it's definitely true. Uh, so I'm doing great. Halloween was last night. It's November, baby. This is where the big dogs come out and eat, and uh, I'm here. Well, we also are joined by our other co-host, who has also been very hot of late. But Bart, I mean, like I said, we're we're the hottest sports betting podcast in the country, and I know we can back that up. Yeah, definitely true. Smalls, how much money did you make before Halloween on Tuesday night? That's what I want to know. Oh, yeah, Bart. <laughs> I mean, I, and you know what? I forgot about it because we were seven point favorites and, you know, you know, shout out to one of our award winning listeners. Shout out to part of my take on that one. That was really uh, dumb of me to say, but Johnny Bray texts me, says, who do you got for the Buffalo game? I said, John, are you kidding me? Buffalo minus seven all day and take the over. The game was 51 42. The Bulls take it again, baby. Seven and one against the spread this year. There were a lot of people on uh, Miami of Ohio yeah. too. That's, I actually Sounds like saw idiots. that on Twitter, and I was like, "All these, all these idiots taking Miami of Ohio haven't been listening to create your shot." But so, what do what do we do last week, Bart? I I go four and one. You go four and one. I I really thought that you went five and zero. Oh. I I don't know why. I thought the Kansas City Denver over was fifty two, and I was really upset when you said that that you missed that game. I want one of us to go five and zero. Oh. I think you just assumed. I think you just assumed that they could kick. A field goal in the last like twelve minutes of that game. Pretty, pretty uh, bad beat in that. I mean, it should it should have went over. It was what thirty to twenty three, and it was thirty to twenty three with like eleven thirty to go in the game. Yeah, there was a lot of opportunity for that game to go over, and it just stuck on fifty three. And then uh, Smalls last week three and two uh, hits New England on Monday night, which we thought was a foregone conclusion. And I believe I don't know I don't even know which McCourty brother plays for the Patriots anymore, but they have both of them. Yeah, Smalls gets a pick six, I believe, from Jason McCourty and uh, covers 25 to six. I had a. Derek Anderson just runs back like 70 yards and never really tries to make a tackle. No, I mean, it's 
we we I, that that one not really a bad beat or a good like just pretty fortunate like New England it looked like they were going to win fifteen to nothing because I mean they kicked six field goals anyway but Buffalo's offense is hilarious they're starting Nathan Peterman again this week because uh, Derek Anderson has a concussion so somehow they're ten point favorites at home or ten point dogs at home to the Bears now. But we are 38, 20, and 2 in the last four weeks, which is, if my math is correct, and Bart's obviously better at math than Smalls and I, but 63%. And that means we've made a boatload of cash in the last four weeks, if you have bet on us. I believe $1,600, Bart, is that right? If you're betting $100 a game? That's exactly right. Let's say you don't want to follow all of our picks. You only want to listen to one of us. You like Smalls taking Buffalo, betting against Temple. Whatever. The last four weeks you follow Smalls, 12, 7, and 1, plus 430. You like Tyler, you like all the trends, 13 and 7, plus 530. Or you're just riding the wave with me, 13, 6, and 1, plus 640. Now the good news is we are over 500 as a unit. I believe 65 and 63, and then a couple ties in there, like 7 or something like that, maybe 8. But we are still down money, just so people think that the game is beatable. It it is hard to beat the game when you're when you're betting when you're paying juice on losses. So, Bart, I believe we are what down about four hundred overall on the year. But honestly, through as many picks as we've made, which is you know something like one hundred and forty five picks through ten weeks of football so far, you know we're probably we're picking just to right around like fifty and a half percent, which is pretty good. We need to get that number up to 52%, but, but I'm pretty confident in being able to do that. But for people out there, th- this is how hard it is to, to beat sports betting. We're only picking five games a week. And uh, I know that we're not all betting five games a week. Some are betting less, uh, some are betting more, but sports betting in general, hard, hard thing to beat. Uh, real quick, Bart, did you have any other bad beats or stats from this past weekend? No, I, I personally bet Four games. I had a loser under Thursday night in that Texans game. Then on Saturday, we we did take two of Tyler's picks. We hopped on FIU minus three and a half, easy winner. Oklahoma and Kansas over the sixty-four. We won that one by half a point. We got sixty-four and a half. And then our third winner was a live under in the Florida Georgia game, which we were very lucky to hit. Yeah, that that was uh, fortunate. Speaking of that Oklahoma Kansas State game, I will shout out Smalls, one of our RAWLs. We need a we need a new name for that. But so a guy that participates in the picking contest every week, one of my friends in Nashville, we'll just call him Doctor Ken. He was in Las Vegas last week, and he was going on some of our. Uh, he was taking some of our picks. I know he followed Smalls. He said he put himself in the Philly pretzel, which I thought was pretty funny, but. So Saturday he goes to the sports book. I think I texted you this screenshot, Bart. But Saturday he goes to the sports book and misreads the board and thinks that the OUK state line has jumped up to 69. So he was texting me. I believe when he was texting me, I was at the gym. No big deal. Running a half marathon. Not a big deal. But he was like asking if he should still take it. And I was like, I don't know. That's gone up a ton. I hadn't looked at the line. I had already put mine in at 64 anyway. And then he bets the under and then realizes that he misread the book and the under was 65 and a half. And he was like panicking and he was like, man, should I, what do I do? What do I do? So Bart, my question is, had he walked to the sports book five minutes later and asked to have his money refunded before the game started, would they have laughed at him or would they have refunded his ticket? 
I don't know. I've never had an incorrect ticket, but once you leave the window, I would imagine all bets are final. I thought so too, and I was begging him to go to the window. Couldn't just he just bet the, the over and then have you could, but then you're paying the ten percent juice. Uh, so bet the if you're really confident in the over, though, just double the bet, and then they got a couple more dollars on the line. That's the move. Just bet bigger. Cover your first bet. <laughs> the best part of the story is he texts me and he says. He's like, oh, man, should I hedge the bet? And I, I think I said something along the lines of like, I don't know, just let it ride. It's probably not a big deal. He probably had bet like $10. So the number ends up being 60. What is it? It ends up being 65, right? So we we hit it. We win. And then he wins at 61, 14. He wins at 65 and a half. So I text him and I'm like, oh, man, everything worked out like it should. And then he told me that he panicked and he uh, bet the second half over <laughs> for more money. And there was only like... 21 or 28 points in the second half. So he net lost on the game that he uh, put the wrong ticket in. So you guys thought you had a bad Sunday, Dr. Ken, shout out Engel Family Dentistry. But uh, one of one of my funnier uh, stories that I've been told in Vegas, and I really wanted to see if the window would give, it his t- give his ticket back. I figured they would have laughed in his face. I believe he was at Mandalay Bay. Either, either Mandalay Bay or Caesars. Once you leave. Um. Yeah, once you leave, go once you leave that window. That's what it looked like when I was. But like I said, I, I had always, you know, and you were telling us, and when you were there for March Madness last year, you're always shopping lines and making sure you know exactly what it is before you go to the window. So I'm, I'm surprised that happened. Uh, two two like football related things. Uh, we talked about this on this podcast. Uh, Hugh Jackson wins the first coach fired bowl, and Smalls they let Hugh and Todd Haley go. I'm not even going to ask you if it was the right decision. The guy was 336-1, and one, but too early, too late. You know, your thoughts on Cleveland firing Hugh and then Todd Haley and then now going forward with Greg Williams. Yeah, I mean, about the right time. I mean, if you're not going to do it before the season and you're going to ride with a guy who was 130, 131 or whatever he was um, before the year, you just – they obviously didn't see it going in the right direction. It wasn't the best thing for Baker Mayfield, and they made a decision to cut the cord. Uh, Todd Haley is a – he's always been an asshole. Uh, everyone knows that, and he's toxic. Um He's he's an egotistical maniac. So get Todd Haley out of there. Hugh Jackson obviously can't be the head coach of a football team because he's atrocious. So they're going to just finish out the year. Hopefully Baker Mayfield survives the year and uh, they can bring someone new in that makes a lot of sense. I just Cleveland is they really need to. And this seems like a really dumb thing to say, but they need to get this next hire right. And by right, I mean someone who's going to grow with Baker Mayfield. So he's not going to be one of those guys who's learning a different offense every year, every two years. He's not going to be uncomfortable with the head coach or offensive coordinator. And he's going to have a team that's consistent around him. That's the only way he's going to be able to grow in this league. So Cleveland, this is the biggest hire of your of your lives, as Coach Dunf would say. This is the biggest moment of your lives. The most important thing, get it right. Bart, your uh, your thoughts on the Cleveland situation? Your guy, Greg Williams, is back. 11, 11 teams asked him to come be their head coach. He turned them all down, and now he's the interim head coach of the Cleveland Browns. And what do you think moving forward? This is my fade for the week. Like, Hugh Jackson was 1-31. What's happened this year that's made you change your mind about him? To be honest with you, I actually think it's a pretty funny question. 
But I would ask you guys, I mean, you guys watch a way more NFL football than I do, but it does feel like this year Cleveland was better and they were just losing games in like more heartbreaking fashion. But maybe that's because they were so bad last year that we never really saw it happen. This year they're talented enough to, to for us to realize that like they just, I mean, they, they, they get absolutely gifted. I, I'm sure you guys both saw this, but like they give up a safety. Uh, it was like a hold in the end zone. And then they punt it away. And the Steelers, who are also apparently so poorly coached, don't realize that the, the, a safety kick is a free kick. So on the punt, they just let it die. The Browns recover it, score a touchdown to go down like five. Like they go down like 18-13 or 19-13 or something. And then just get blown off the fucking field after that. Like they, they should have had all this momentum and James Conner just runs it down their throat. It's like what I, I, I wonder if like the locker room is finally just like, man, you know, what? like in Hard Knocks, we talked about like they liked Hugh Jackson. I wonder if like through nine games or eight games, they were just like, this isn't the right guy. You know, and then Smalls, we had them comparing like some players compared him to Michael Scott, which I could I could see. <laughs> see yes, totally. I mean, looking back on Hard Knocks, I can totally see that. Like Michael Scott element to him. Um, that's not right for people to come out and say. Uh, I feel bad for Hugh Jackson. Seems like a nice guy, um, but he does seem like a nice. Guy. He does seem. But like you know nice what? It's a it's a high profile job being in the NFL, being a college coach, whatever it may be, and that's the criticism you get with it. I think he'll be okay sitting on his millions upon millions of dollars, and I'm sure he'll get back in the league as an offensive coordinator. That was my that was my next question. Like, we think he's a good offensive coordinator, and we've been shown Todd Haley's a good offensive coordinator. But Bart, do both of these guys get offensive coordinator jobs next year if they want them, or is Todd Haley just finished? I would think they both do. It's just a weird situation that you've got Baker. And then you've got a power struggle and like who's going to call the plays. And rather than either get rid of Hugh and promote Todd, promote Greg Williams, whatever, you get rid of both offensive guys that are like molding your future quarterback. Unless if, unless if you're just so out on both of the guys that you just said, we need both of these guys out of the building. I do think it's, I think it's very possible that that was the Todd Haley situation. Like he's that big. I mean, we've always heard he's a huge mm-hmm. dick and he's been good at what he does, like from an offensive perspective, but I don't know, man. Like we thought he won the power struggle. Like NFL Network was reporting that like Todd Haley was going to keep his job and then all of a sudden he gets fired. It was like, I mean, he must have been unbelievable. But in typical Browns fashion, they didn't even tell the players. The players found out on TV, which is amazing. <laughs> like how can your organization be this poorly run? I mean, I think we all are expecting to hear a lot of the same names, but uh, one of the things I thought was really interesting was on Bavada, um, initially that day when Hugh got fired, I can't remember if it was Tuesday, but uh, Sean McVay was the early, early betting favorite to be the next coach of the Browns. I I don't envision that happening, but I I think it's at least interesting. The Browns could be stupid enough to give like two first round picks up to get McVay or something like that. It would be stupid too. uh, Especially given, you know, they're still, they're they're more talented, you know, defensively, they're pretty good, but they're still far away. Like this isn't a plug and play. I do think with a good coach, they would be much, much better, but they're, they're not, you know, getting Sean McVay doesn't guarantee you're winning 12 games next year, which is probably what they think. Uh, Real quick on the other side. Oh, no, sorry. So Ty, uh, <laughs> Hugh Jackson gets fired. Excuse me. Who's the next coach going, Bart? Because somebody's getting fired soon as well. I feel like we're heading towards the end of Jason Garrett if, if this Amari Cooper thing doesn't work out. 
I, I, do you, what do you, do you buy into like the, the uh, Jerry Jones is like, I'm going to get you a receiver. I'm going to spend a first round pick. Now you have weapons just so there can't be any more excuse for Jason Garrett. Maybe. I think that's a good choice. Mike McCarthy is a good choice. I think Aaron Rodgers might just be fed up with McCarthy. Really the Packers in general, like they're sellers at the deadline, which just sounds weird. And not out of the race. Like, aren't they leading the uh, NFC North right now? Are they a game and a half back of Minnesota? They're three, maybe? three and one. Minnesota and Chicago are. Well, Chicago's four and three. Minnesota's four. And Minnesota's three four, three and one. So, I mean, they sell HaHa Clinton Dix. They're going to New England this week. It's not like you need a good safety. I understand the Ty Montgomery thing, but Smalls, do you, what do you think? I'm I'm out on. Uh, I'm I'm going to uh, go a different way. Dirk Cutter, I think, is going to get be out in the next two or three weeks for some reason i jason garrett i think he's going to end up lasting the whole season uh jerry jones i don't i don't understand him he's just a weird weird guy he's a fascination with jason garrett's red head and he can't get over it um so i think he's gonna last the year and when the cowboys finish six and ten He's going to fire him, and that's going to happen. But Dirk Cutter, different story. Not a seller at the deadline with Deshaun Jackson. Needs to win. They're going to get. They're going to lose this game against Carolina this weekend. They're going to lose again uh, whenever they play next, and then he's going to be finished because Dirk Cutter and the GM are done. Dirk Cutter is Dirk Cutter is a great one. He got that job so that he would be the guy to help groom Jameis. And now that it seems like James is gone after the year, what's the point in keeping Cutter? So that situation is super interesting, right? Because obviously, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I know you do, Bart, because I was texting about it. But, you know, James has that fifth-year guarantee that's worth like $21 million. And it's 100% guarantee. This is so similar to RG3 a couple of years ago. So now, even if Fitzpatrick stinks, if James, if you're moving on from James, if you're Dirk Cutter, you're getting fired. And the GM's getting fired. But you also need to win. So it's like, all right, what do you do if Fitzmagic comes in this weekend and plays awful? And I don't think he will. But like, if he plays bad, are you going back to Jameis and risking the future of the franchise a little bit in that regard? And that's why that situation is really pretty crazy. Because you're right. Like him going away from Jameis is basically like, I need to win with Fitzpatrick or I'm, I'm gone. And I can't say I see it. Um, moving on. Huge weekend of football in Louisiana. We have Bama at LSU night game on CBS on Saturday and then Rams at New Orleans, which I don't even know what time it is on Sunday. I'm guessing it's a 425, 425. game, but if it was Sunday night, that would be a 425 national TV. So Sunday night is New England and Green Bay. All right, so we'll stay in – I think we care a little bit more probably about Saturday night. So we'll go to Rams at Saints first. And Bart, New Orleans two-point favorite the last time I looked – are we seeing a matchup of what you think is going to be the NFC Championship? That's what it looks like, but it never turns out like the two teams you think these guys are going to play in the NFC title game. It never works out that way. Nobody, uh, this is going to make me sick. Nobody would have had Philly, Minnesota last year. Nobody's going to have uh, bleh. nobody's going to have the Rams and whoever they end up playing, or the Saints and whoever they end up playing. But those are obviously your two favorites. Should New Orleans be favored in this game? At home, I think so. I mean, like I said, minus two seems like it's given respect to the Rams a little bit that they'd be a, a four-point favorite on a, on a neutral field. Smalls, your thoughts? I mean, what are we going to see? The number's 59.5. Is this going to be a giant shootout? These are two of the three most efficient offenses in the league. 
you know, like, are we going to see a 35 to 31 game and watch golf and breeze get out there? Or what, I mean, what do you think about this game and, and who do you think is going to win? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to really put myself out here and say, uh, this game is going to go completely the other way of what everyone thinks. I think it's going to be a sloppy game, not necessarily a defensive game, but uh, a sloppy game on both sides of the ball in terms of offense, defense, not a lot of plays uh, being made offensively, a lot of missed throws. That's what I think is going to happen. People are coming out in this game way too juiced. It's way too hyped up. Uh, I got it. Like I've seen both these offenses. They're incredible. They're all that good stuff, but I don't think this game's going over the points. I think it's going to be end, end up being like 21-17 instead of that number that people are thinking like a 35-31 game. All right, your guys' picks, Bart, for this game. Rams minus – or I'm sorry, the Saints are minus two. If you had to make a pick for the public, what are you doing? I like the Saints and the under. I sort of agree with Smalls. I don't think it's going to be a sloppy game. I just think that the Saints want to run the ball more than they want to just kind of drop, have Breeze drop back 40, 50 times and get in a shootout. When they do that, their defense is on the field a ton and they get exposed. I think they want to run Ingram and Kamara – 30 to 35 times total and really just make this an uglier game. Smalls, you said you were going under as well. What are you doing with the spread? Yeah, I'm taking the Saints. Uh, I think the Saints are going to win this game. Uh, Maybe I don't think they are, but I'm rooting for the Saints to win this game. For some reason, I just hate the Rams. I, I hate LA. I hate a bunch of fake fraud fans out there. A bunch of people being hired to sit in the stands to cheer for the Rams. I'm sick of it. I want the Saints to dominate. Let's go, Drew Brees. Uh, All right. The other big one. Also, this is – sorry, one last thing. If you you do like the Rams uh, going 16-0 odds, this would be the time to check because they still have this game and they go at Chicago in December. But if they were to win in New Orleans on Sunday afternoon, those odds would go way, way down and right now. You know they're pretty high. They were like oh, they were like plus fifteen hundred or something last night. Look, uh, all right, Bama at LSU, huge game for a college football playoff. Bama probably could afford a loss and still get in. LSU obviously, if they lose, they're eliminated. Bama is minus fourteen and a half. I'm sure we're going to talk more about this game in picks, but Bart, your thoughts as the SEC expert? What are we going to see from both teams, and what is your idea of what's going to happen? I just don't think LSU will be able to score enough to keep up with them, and nobody has shown an ability to, to stop Tua and Bama's offense yet this year. Yeah, I, I feel that way too. Smalls, I mean, is 14 and a half too few points for this? Yeah, I mean, I was looking at this line, and you know, I was putting myself in that Philly pretzel again. You know, uh, my mind was going two different ways. I was like, why is it 14? Why is it so low? And then I was like, it's at LSU. Um, Eddie O is going to get the team going. But you know what? I, I think it's too few. Like Bart said, I just don't see LSU scoring a lot and no one has stopped Alabama. So <laughs> it tells me I think Alabama is going to dominate this game. Um, but you never know, uh, being on the road and everyone's hyped up and got the Go Tigers going and all that, all that crazy shit. I've never wanted to be wrong about a game more. Yeah, I, I mean, I want it to be a good game. And, like, we saw this – I remember – I think I was in grad school the last time this was a night game and it was, like, nine. Yeah, was I remember that. Whatever. Wasn't Matt Flynn the quarterback? I've, no, no, no. <laughs> Or no, I'm trying to think of the 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 white guy. It was like a it was big... it was definitely like it was 
It was definitely like Zach, Zach Mettenberger. That's yeah. it. Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Oh yeah. But but I think like we'll know pretty quickly if LSU is going to really be good because like I, and I don't mean to say this to like overreact or whatever, but you know, Martin and I saw Bama in person and we saw them get a couple third downs on their first drive of the game and feel like, oh man, Tennessee might stop them. And then they just had no chance on third down and Bama scored. They've scored on, they've scored a touchdown on every first opening drive this year. So I think we'll see it right away. If like LSU is able to get a stop, like if they were to keep Bama into a three and out to start the game, maybe that is huge for their confidence and maybe it hurts Bama a little bit, but I don't know. I think we'll talk about this in fades. Uh, it is a big, big week in college football and the NFL. Uh, I, I think I said this to you guys, but why don't you guys give me one other game, either in college or the NFL, that you're circling for this weekend as a big-time matchup? Uh, Smalls, we'll go to you first. Yeah, I mean, in terms of a big – I mean, you highlighted the one I was thinking about with the Rams and the Saints, but I've got another one that's really critical, and and Bart will like this too. It's the Falcons at the Redskins. Now, why this game is we got the same why game. this game is so critical is the Redskins can really uh, spread them out in the NFC East, or you know, up that pace, put a lot of pressure on the NFC East in general. They're at home, so it's a huge game for the Redskins and the Falcons. This is do or die time. They've got to win this game to stay in contention for that wild card and the division for that fact. So, or not the division. Saints are going to win it, but for the wild card, they need to do this. And if they do, the Falcons, you know, might be a realistic option, although I don't think their defense can hold up. This is a big test for the Redskins. If they win it, you know, they might be for real this year. Bart, you have the same one? The same one. This is a weird game to me. The Falcons, great offense, terrible defense. The Redskins, right now, the complete opposite. Awful offense, great defense. They want to run the ball with with Peterson and just shut you down on defense. So it's really going to be, can the Redskins stop Matt Ryan and the Falcons' offense? And can the Falcons' defense slow down Peterson? Or will Alex Smith make enough plays? Or if he makes enough plays, I don't see how Atlanta wins this. But he really hasn't done a ton this year other than not turn the ball over, which... Has been enough. Yeah, uh, Matt Ryan against the turf at uh, FedEx Field, if it's even called FedEx Field anymore, will be pretty interesting. He's obviously not great outside, but I believe they're coming off a bye. Skins two point favorites in that game. Really interesting one. The other pretty interesting NFL game this week: Chargers at Seattle Seahawks. Chargers off a bye, but both those teams are playing. I mean, the Chargers are playing really well, but even Seattle, I think, is fine. A little bit under the radar, they pretty much destroyed the Lions in Detroit last week. So that's another interesting one. And then in college, uh, two games that I circled as guys that would be really interesting to watch. Obviously, Georgia-Kentucky will be probably boring, but pretty good for people that live in the South. But uh, Penn State-Michigan should be really, really interesting in terms of the Big Ten race. Uh, Texas, I mean, West Virginia at Texas, really interesting game. And then the last one I think that will be uh, pretty awesome is uh, Texas Tech at Oklahoma. Or I'm sorry, Oklahoma at Texas Tech. And then a lot of people were picking Northwestern to win outright against Notre Dame. I'm not, but for the sake of chaos, that could be pretty cool. Uh, we're going to Smalls. Let's uh, run through these pretty quick and get to picks. Yeah, fades. So, Smalls- Let me uh, hit a little teaser earlier in the week. Obviously, I was hyped that day, but things change. However, I will give it to you. I think Twitter eliminating the like button is a huge, huge mistake. Um, I'm not a big Twitter guy in general, but... The like button is – they want to create more debate. It's just – it's it's atrocious to do. Like button, you can save all the articles you want to come back and read. Not only that, 
You can just simply like something. You don't have to engage in a conversation or a debate. My final fade, and this will be really quick, I just came across last night, Derrick Rose. Yeah, I'm taking a shot at Derrick Rose here. He scores 50 points. Great. He's crying. I get it. He battled back. What are we doing here? Like, it's like this, like, amazing thing. Like, he just... He just won. He won World War II or something. The guy is like so emotional, and, and everyone's cheering him. And now it's a big story, like news cycle. Let's go because this is this is so dumb. This is so bad for sports for me at least. Derrick Rose, I'm fading. Derrick Rose, I'm fading the fifty points. I hope he stinks the rest of the year. I disagree with. I disagree with both of those. I like Derrick Rose being emotional about it. No, it's not, it's not. It's not Derek. It's not as much Derek Rose. It's it's the way this is like portrayed and, and it, the way it's celebrated. Uh, for me, I got two fades. One Halloween last night. I'm fading every kid that came to my door and just stuck his candy bag out, his or her candy bag, without saying trick or treat. You know, I still gave candy out, but like millennial trick or treaters, at least act like you want to be there. You know, make it make it seem interesting to me. What candy were you giving out? Uh, we got a Costco bag. It was like. Fun size, like Kit Kats. Oh, fun size. Uh, M&M's, regular M&M's, peppermint patties, Twix, 100 gram bars, severely underrated. But Milky Way, Snickers, I'm trying to get rid of all of it. But I was trying to get kids also too. like, I would hold the little bag out. I would hold the uh, little, I had it in like a little bucket and I'd hold the bucket out and kids would take one piece. Like when I was a kid, you stuck your whole fat hand in there and you grabbed as many pieces as you could if the people didn't tell you how many pieces you could take. Well, you know, they respect the game, it sounds like. They respect the process a little bit, unlike you who would stick their grimy hands in there and try to grab everything. They're taking one piece because they're going to multiple houses and they're doing the right thing. Uh, all right. My actual fade in the sports world, the New York Mets. Uh, they hired uh, Brody Von Wagenen, if that's how you say it, from – CAA to be their general manager. And in general, I don't really mind forward thinking hires, but I do think it's a little bit of an issue that the Wilpons went with the guy who reps who, well, now he does not because you have to divest, but he founded the CAA baseball uh, representation division. And now he was the guy in the summer telling the Mets, like either trade Jacob deGrom or sign him to a deal because he repped deGrom, Noah Syndergaard, Robert Gesellman, Todd Frazier also reps Tim Tebow. Like, I just think it's a little bit of a conflict of interest. I'm not sure how it's going to work out. Uh, it worked out great with Bob Myers and Golden State with the Warriors, but it worked out terrible with Dave Stewart and the Diamondbacks. So I think it's a bad hire. I think the Mets, who have uh, not wanted to spend in the past and have not embraced analytics, probably needed to go that direction rather than hiring a guy, hiring a guy they have a relationship with to potentially protect their assets. But I don't think it's a great decision. And like I said, I think it's a pretty major conflict of interest, and the MLB Players Union is not happy about it. Uh, Bart, your fade was Cleveland. Did you have anything to add to that? We're changing it up. We already gave out Cleveland. New fade, the University of Maryland for getting rid of DJ Durkin. I'm not sure I believe in karma, but my pick of the week was going to be Michigan State minus two and a half if Durkin was on the sidelines. Now I'm not touching that game. I don't want to watch that game. What a debacle. Absolute debacle. <laughs> I don't really want to talk about it because it's like... Yeah, it's insane. Uh, it's just a crazy I story. just wanted to bet Michigan State. Yeah, well now, Matt Canada, probably a better coach than DJ Durkin. All right, let's go into picks. Uh, like like we talked about, 38-20-2 in our last four weeks. Uh, I am 13-7, and seven, Bart 13-6-1, Smalls 12... What did you say Smalls was, Bart? 12-7, and seven, right? 
You had a tie in there. I think you're 12, 12, 7, and 1. So we are uh, we are making money. So Smalls, high OBP guy. I keep making this joke, but you lead us off because this is this order's working. Yeah, let's let's stick with it. I've got uh, a large spread here, and I'm going off it for two reasons. I'm going I'm going to take Wisconsin minus twenty eight uh, at home versus Rutgers. The number one reason here is it's Rutgers, and they're not even they're not not just not a Big Ten program. They are. Not really a Division One program in my estimate of Division One football. And Wisconsin coming off a loss, they're going to get Hornibrook back. Now Hornibrook's not great, but they're at home. They're recharged. They got to go win this game. They're actually going to go dominate this game and carry the momentum into the future weeks. I'm taking Wisconsin minus twenty eight. <laughs> Did you see that Rutgers had a player either charged or arrested in like regards to like a plot to commit a double murder? This uh, week, it kind of got lost in like Look the American thing, but did they did they say who he was trying to get rid of? Rid of was he trying to get rid of Chris Ash? Chris, Chris Ash, that's probably <laughs> who it was. Man. To be honest, Jeez. I mean Rutgers. I don't know. Like I said, that we always talk bad. about this. I'm, I'm sorry. We always talk about this though, like what coaches would take D one, like what coaches would take jobs like that. And obviously, you always can get someone to get a D one job, but man, they fucking stink. Uh, my first one. We are going to fake Death Valley for this one. Louisville Clemson, I am a little bit too much of a soft guy to take the massive 38-point spread. I am going to take the over 60. Louisville giving up 53.5 in their last three. Their D has fallen to 115th in the country. Clemson's really started putting up points. They're averaging 54 in their last three, up to six in the country. I'm a little bit concerned, Bart, that your guys are going to end this one 55-3, to and I'm going to miss this. But I'm going to bet on Bobby Petrino still having some signs of life before he gets fired and they hire Jeff Brom. And I'm going to assume that this gets to like 55 to 10 and we cover the number. Or I mean, we go over the number of 60. I mean, Dabo or I forget who it was. I think it was Dabo said they're the best two and six team he's ever played against. I mean, and they said like their talent level was similar with Florida State last week. We saw that that wasn't true. I, but my, my my tiny bit of concern with this is that Clemson's not going to really open it up playing Boston College next week because they can beat they can beat Louisville thirty five to ten like very easily would be my guess but they do play Boston College I believe on the road next week and that's really their last test to win the Atlantic so I mean their hardest game in, in terms of winning the Atlantic so I'm a little bit worried that they might just like shut it down when it's like forty two to six but I feel like the over I mean Clemson could cover this by themselves with as bad as Louisville's been playing uh, Bart your uh, first one. What's the first day of basketball season officially for college basketball? It's three November days from 3rd? now. Yeah, I think so. I th- three days yeah. from now? So Saturday or I believe Sunday? so. I could be wrong. All right. Well, I'm going into Lexington. It's basketball season now. Give me Georgia Ooh. minus nine. They're going to they're gonna fall behind early. Those fans aren't going to care. They're ready to watch Coach Cal. They're not ready for what's about to come into Lexington. Did you Did you guys see – I don't know. Bart, you probably did not see this small as you might have because you're a little bit more active on Twitter. Did you see that Clay Travis is trying to bet fans of Kentucky $100,000 straight up that Georgia wins? Like he's challenged multiple – like some people challenged him, and so he reissued the challenge and said <laughs> he would bet $100,000 if they gave him bank account Jesus. information to wire the money. I will <laughs> escrow the money for them. <laughs> I mean, he's betting on Georgia. He's betting on Georgia, which is, you know, I, I like Georgia in this game. Small is your second one? 
Yeah, my second one, I'm going to give you a couple trends. I'm taking up front, I'm taking Penn State getting 10 on the road versus Michigan. Uh, now, here I got a couple trends for you, and I'll go through them nice and quick. The Nittany Lions are 21-3 and against the spread when coming off a win against the Big Ten opponent and 8-0 against the spread when coming off a win of seven points or fewer against the conference opponent. And meanwhile, a Jim Harbaugh, Michigan 6-16 and against the spread when coming off a cover under Jim Harbaugh. So wow. this game is all pointing to a collision of a trend, and I'm going to take Penn State here. Um, they, you know, the, was it last year or two years ago? They got throttled by Michigan. Uh, I think it's going to be a closer game than people expect. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to choke here, and it's going to be really close. I hope Michigan wins by three, but we'll see. I know Penn State's going to cover the 10. Yeah, it feels like a game where they both try to, you know, we see a lot of zone read with with Trace, mm-hmm. and then uh, Harbaugh just gets scared and doesn't let Shea Patterson throw and the final score is like 21-16 or 21-17 and, you know, whatever. Who cares? Both loser programs. Uh, <laughs> my second one, we're going into a place that is uh, one of the coolest places in the country, one of my favorite. We're going to Austin, and we are going to take West Virginia and Texas over 58. It is an 11 a.m. game central time, which worries me slightly. Uh, but Texas is much better at home. West Virginia, is, this is only their third true road game. Texas just lost to Oklahoma State, so they're stewing on it. These teams combined to average 71 points a game. So this number is a little bit deceiving to me because we know that West Virginia is not winning a game 21-17. Like, I just, it's not happening. I think there's going to be too many possessions for the score to end up in the 50s. So I'm just going to assume that whoever wins, it's like 31-28 or 35-31 or something like that. And we're going to go over 58 because I think, like I said, there's going to be a lot of possessions in this game. Bart? Alabama minus 14 and a half. Smalls. I love it. I love it. Reasons already said. Uh, I'm going to take it to the NFL. I'm taking the Bears um, favored by 10 points against the Buffalo Bills for one simple reason, boys. Nathan Peterman is starting at quarterback. The Bears are going to feast. Go ahead, Tyler. I've got, man, anytime. It's unbelievable that like Mitch Trubisky is a 10 point favorite on the road is something that like people are actually like, yeah, we, we can do that. Uh, <laughs> I have Bama minus 14 and a half as well. And I don't have a ton of reasons either. Like Bart said, I, I just put like, just have to do it. Like I think Bama's scoring 30 no matter what in the game. And I don't know that LSU can get to 16. Uh, I also think Saban with two weeks to repair is a little bit unfair. And that that's another reason I think that this is, man, I really hope it's not a blowout. I would gladly lose this game to be able to watch a really, really like good SEC game on Saturday night. But yeah, Bama minus 14 and a half. Bart? I'm with Smalls here. When I saw the headline on, I think it was Roto World, Unleash the Peterman, <laughs> I just wanted to know how many points uh, Chicago is going to be laying. And I re- really, it's kind of like the, the Alabama game. What number could you have seen with Chicago and been like, I think that's too many. I, I don't know. I if thought too, too many would have been know. 16 and a half for me. No, two two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Mm, dude, Nathan Peterman, this is pick six central. I still might be on the Bears. You guys are telling me that you would lay two you would lay two touchdowns on the road with a team starting Mitchell yeah. Trubisky and dude, Khalil Mack. Mitchell like, Trubisky threw healthy. six touchdown passes in a game this year. Tyler, this might be the worst quarterback we've ever seen take an NFL snap in our lives. 
Yeah, I think I actually like defended Nathan. Not defended him, but I think I was like, is Nathan Peterman that bad on the air earlier in the year? You and did, it's... and he is that bad. Also, by the way, that so the Bills defense is actually pretty good. That that's my point. Like we could this the under in this game is thirty seven. What why, what, what does the defense matter when the quarterback's throwing pick sixes and he's going to throw five of them? And Smalls, would you bet? Would you bet over one point five picks? No, no. Would you bet over one pick six in this game for Ooh, David Peterman? I see. You, I you can't bet that. You would definitely take. You would definitely take over point five, hundred percent. But would you bet over? If I one? had to bet on that, I would take over one. Pick six, but I would never bet something like that. It's just it's too difficult. But Nathan Peterman's going to try to throw an out route across the field, and it's going to be taken. I actually like the under in that game, just because Buffalo is going to come out and just run the ball and really take no chances and just make it an ugly game. But at some point, you're going to be you're going to be down by enough that they have to throw, and that's where I think the Bears get that cover. I, I would I would venture to guess that Buffalo has gone under thirty seven in like. I mean, I don't even know how many in, in eight games this year or seven games. I would, I would, I would get. I mean, they went under thirty-seven last week against the Pats, who were like one of the best offenses yeah. in the league. Was twenty-four. Let's see here. I got it right here. So my guess is like this number, although it looks so low, is like probably pretty good value because Buffalo. Yeah, just goes I could under. see that because I could see it being like twenty-four to six. Like I could. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, unleash the Peterman. That was the headline on Roto World. Like that guy who wrote the headline because definitely is a male. Like watched a really bad like staged porno ten years ago called East Peterman, <laughs> and then made that his um, headline. I mean, unreal. All right, uh, under thirty-seven would be five and three this year for those oh, three games. I mean, but oh well, the one game against the Vikings we got to throw out because like they scored thirty points. Or 20. No, that one went under. <laughs> it was it was twenty-seven six, right? <laughs> Yeah, they would have lost week one against Baltimore, 47-3. Week two against the Chargers, 31-20. And then week seven at the Colts, they gave up 37. Okay, so actually, though, they've kind of right, righted the ship in turn. Like, weeks one and two is a long, long time ago. So, like, I don't know. That's interesting. And the Bears' offense is certainly not very good. Uh, Smalls, I think we're on our fourth pick, correct? Go correct. Yes. Um. Oh, did I? I thought I won. No, wait, that's just, okay. Is it my, is it my going, turn? You just took the. You just. I believe. I believe you're on their third. It's me. I thought I took the Bears over the Bills, but that's okay. All right, ready. I'm taking the Falcons getting two on the road against the Redskins, and I'm looking at the Falcons starting to buck a trend. So Atlanta is one in five against the spread in the last six six. Road road games and one and four against the spread in their last five games overall. Um, so I'm just I'm looking at that trend and I hate the Redskins and I'm hoping they lose. So I'm giving all my positive energy towards that. So the the Falcons are going to win this game and the Redskins are going to come back down to reality. They're going to be sitting with the birds, baby. They'll still be ahead of the birds if they lose this game. Yeah, by the way. yeah, but like you birds. you know. Yeah, but then you'll be down. You'll be going down. You'll start to come down, and then you'll drop below. You know what I mean, Bart? Yeah, if they go six and two, it's pretty interesting because they're scheduled the rest of the way. They do have to play the Eagles twice still, but they're scheduled the rest of the way is much better than Phillies. Um, my last college game of the week. Always doing four college and one NFL. We have a game that I love, so that means you should definitely fade it. But I've started to bet less than triple digits on games that I love because I can't win any bets over $100. But 99 and below, I've been really hot on this year. So 
We got Utah State at Hawaii, the last game of the day. I believe it is at midnight Eastern time. Over 70 and a half in a late night battle. Uh, Utah State, third best offense in the country. Hawaii's bottom 10 in defense. Utah State over the number in seven out of eight games. They are going to really score it. Hawaii over in eight out of the 10 games. Utah scoring 50 points per game. We only need 21 from Hawaii. And at home, they average 36 points a game. Don't know what else to tell you guys. That is a cover. We got Utah State over Utah State and Hawaii over 70 and a half. Bart? Falcons, Redskins under 46 and a half. This is a dominant defense. I'm not sure who's going to win, but I see this game ending under 40. I think if the Skins win, it'll be something like 21-17, 21-14, and if the Falcons win, something similar. The only way you get in trouble in this game is if Atlanta jumps out to a big lead and Alex Smith plays like 2017 Alex Smith and starts taking chances. Which seems pretty unlikely. Right, it does. All right, I know I'm going to take it. I'm going to my final pick is going to be the Texans getting one point on the road against the Broncos. I love Bill O'Brien. Uh, that's no secret. I've said it before. Uh, love his butt chin, uh, but most of all. I like the way Deshaun Watson is playing the QB position. This team is humming. They got a couple extra days off. They're feeling it. What are they? They've won four straight, five straight, whatever it is. Five straight. They're about to win six straight. Case Keenum is a joke. The guy's a joke. They just had Swag Kelly kicked off the team because he's going into people's houses at 2 a.m. and just laying on their couches. This team's in disarray. I love the Houston Texans. Let's go, Texans. They're the team of Texas. The Cowboys are no longer. All right, so lost in all that is that Smalls gave you zero reason why the Texans would win other than he likes them. Uh, Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien, and they're five, they've are five. won five straight. Is that not, not enough that reasons? Pick. I usually hate Smalls' pick. I really like I'm also Texas. looking – I'm looking at a line. All right, so hold on. I'm going to – all right, I'm going to not make this pick. This was my fifth pick was Denver minus one. I'm not going to make Good, it because it. we don't want to go against each other, but – here, here's the reason why I don't love Houston. Uh, Denver is 7th in DVOA and 10th on offense and 7th in D. And Houston actually is pretty good defensively. I think a lot of people think their offense is really good. But honestly, 25th overall in DVOA on offense, which is not good. And Will Fuller's injured. So they replaced Will Fuller with Demarius Thomas, who's more similar to DeAndre Hopkins than he is Will Fuller. I think that's going to really hurt them offensively. Uh, Hold on, where's Demarius Thomas coming from? Denver, but it's, I mean, Denver doesn't, Denver has been better when they've been running the ball. Anyway, I actually think Denver's pretty good, and, and that's why I'm not going to take Denver minus one because I don't want to go against Smalls. I don't want to cancel a, each other out. Do you have a sixth one ready, or do you need me to jump in? No, here? I have a sixth one ready, and I'm going to do something fucking insane. I'm going to do Browns Chiefs under 51 and a half. Uh, Browns defense lost in this entire mess of, like, they stink is really good. Uh, the third overall defensively. They have Greg Williams, who we know is not a very good coach. He's going to probably try to injure Pat Mahomes, like go for the head bounty gate guy. Uh, I'm assuming that with Greg Williams, they're just going to be super, super conservative. And so, like, I don't, I'm not gutsy enough to take the number. It is in Cleveland. Sometimes these teams play really, really like hard under a new coach. I just think it's going to be like 35 to 13. I don't know that they can get enough. I, I don't see this being a shootout with Greg Williams. And that's why I think that Greg Williams is going to try to win the game, like, 21-17 or something. He's going to blitz the hell out of Pat Mahomes, and that's bothered Mahomes in the games the teams have done it. So I, I'm going to go Browns Chiefs under 51 and a half and be really fucking dumb when we come back next Thursday and Bart tells me that the game went to 90. But Browns Chiefs under 51 and a half. 
Denver minus one also. Uh, Bart, your last one. My last one. This is his. This is just going to be t- the typical game. Tyler, what quarterback am I describing here? He came up empty in a massive game last weekend. He's got a home game this week. He's going to... Kirk. <laughs> yes. He's going to play a great game, and his stats will look great at the end of it. The Vikings will win, and everyone will go, that's why they gave him the $84 million. This is just like the classic Kirk Cousins game where he makes you forget how awful he was on the big stage last week. Vikings minus four and a half. Yeah, I really wanted to take Detroit, but Detroit's just clearly not very good. And they trade their best receiver. And it's like, what the Detroit's just not good at home. Yeah, they they're, good on they're the really road bad road at home. Either. They're on the road. All right, Smalls, you're five. Yeah, so so my five, obviously, um, I gave you guys some great trends, but I'm taking Wisconsin uh, minus 28 at home against Rutgers. I'm taking Penn State. Getting 10 points on the road against Michigan. I'm taking the Bears, favored by 10 points against Nathan Peterman. I'm taking the Falcons, getting two points against the Skins on the road. And then I'm taking the Texans on the road, getting a point against Denver Broncos. Demarius Thomas giving them all the calls, giving the insight to the offense. <laughs> that actually that actually could happen. Uh, I've got Louisville Clemson over 60 Texas, West Virginia, over 58. Bama, minus 14.5 at LSU. Utah State at Hawaii, over 70.5. I would honestly take that game up to like 78. I'm being dead serious. And then I have the Browns and Chiefs under 51.5. Bart? Georgia, minus 9. Alabama, minus 14.5. The Bears, minus 10. The Falcons and the Redskins, under 46.5. The Vikings, minus 4.5. All right, that's it for us this week. We have been super, super, super hot. Uh, as always with the Pick'em Contest, uh, you can ask your guy Johnny Bray. He didn't hit 5-0, and but for Arden supporters, we sent them koozies anyway. But if you send us picks and you go 5-0, and send me a screenshot with your address, and we will send you a free koozie at the end of the year. If you win, you can host the Bull Show with the three of us. Uh, you can reach out to us. We are Create Your Shot on Twitter, Create Your Shot Pod on Instagram, Create Your Shot at gmail.com, and Create Your Shot on Facebook. Uh, as always, I am hosting the Underdog NBA show, which airs on Thursday. And then Smalls and I are doing interviews on Tuesday. Last few interviews have been awesome. We have some really fun guests in the pipeline coming up as well. I won't spoil any of this episode, but college basketball preview next Tuesday should be great. And that's about it. Smalls, I don't I don't have anything else. Either you guys have anything else before we leave? Anything to plug? Anything else you want to say? I got nothing. 15 now, baby. We're back. Bet them all. Bet them all. Parlay. I want one of us to go 5-0 and so badly so we can do it before a listener because we've now been making picks for 20 weeks and no one's gone 5-0. and So hopefully this is the week. Uh, but thanks as always for listening. If you like what you hear, please uh, rate us five stars on iTunes. Please leave a review. Push us up those charts a little bit. And enjoy this week's Pick and Winners. And Smalls and I will be back on Tuesday. <laughs>